welcome in to the DFFL Podcast, your one-stop shop for all the happenings in the DFFL. Now, here's your hosts, James Wiley and Aaron Kelly. Welcome in to the DFFL Podcast. I'm your host, James Wiley, and my co-host, Aaron Kelly, is here with us. And today, we are going to break down the wide receiver rankings for the 2019 season. And these are our way too early rankings. It is the middle of July. Training camp hasn't even started yet. So these are bound to change with injuries and people moving up and down the depth charts. Aaron, how you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing well. Before we get started with our wide receiver ranks, I have a little question for you. All right. You ready? Yep. All right, listeners, you can play along as well. I will be sure to pause before giving the answer. I'm going to give you three quarterback names. One of them was the number one quarterback passing from zero to nine yards. One of them was the number one quarterback passing from 10 to 19 yards. And one of them was the quarterback who was best at passing 20 plus yards downfield. Follow me? Yep. Okay. So you have to just decide which one was which. Okay. The three quarterback names are Drew Brees, Patrick Mahomes, and Deshaun Watson. All right. Who do you think uh, was best at 0 to 9, 10 to 19, and 20 plus? I'm going to say Deshaun Watson, 20 plus. Hmm. Drew Brees, 0 to 9, and Patrick Mahomes, 10 to 19. And you would be wrong on all three counts. Sweet. Hopefully you have your guesses locked in. Patrick Mahomes was 0 to 9. Deshaun Watson was 10 to 19. And Drew Brees was 20 plus. And Drew Brees still sucks. What? Sucks? Yep, I hate that guy. Oh, that one year. Yeah, that one year. I'm had uh, enough of that guy. All right, Drew Brees or Tom Brady? No, I I don't really hate Drew Brees. I do not like Tom Brady. He's got a noodle for an arm. So anyone who likes the Patriots out there, suck it. <laughs> okay. So as I mentioned before, we are going to talk our top twenty-five wide receivers heading into the 2019 training camp season, and these are our consensus rankings, so what Aaron and I both did was go through and rank our wide receivers. Uh, Aaron, you said you got to 35. That's kind of where I got to. I got a little past that, but I was just like, all right, I don't care. It's all the same from here on out. Like, They're all crapshoots. So we're going to give you our top 25, similar to the way we did our running backs, where we gave you groups of five and talked about some of the major differences we had within that group. And then we'll move on to the next group of five. I feel like we have a lot more similarities as far as our wide receivers are concerned than our running backs. As usual, as you get deeper down the list, they do have some more differences. But we do have a lot that are in the same group and not very different from each other. So let's start it off. Our 25 through 21, starting from the bottom, is Chris Godwin. Dante Pettis, Jarvis Landry, Alshon Jeffrey, and Sammy Watkins. 
somebody you didn't even have ranked in there, Dante Pettis. I'm sure you've picked up on the fact through our conversations during this offseason that I'm very high on Dante Pettis. I had him ranked 24th, and so he actually averaged out to our 24th wide receiver because of that. And I just got to say I'm very high on Dante Pettis. He's on your team, the 49ers, so you should be happy that he is a promising uh, young and up, up and comer, but he is young, so I can understand not ranking him yet and wanting to see him do it a little bit more. I'm just excited. He runs some of the best routes in the league. He's right up there with Stefan Diggs and Keenan Allen as best route runners, and I'm really excited for him this year. You want to say anything about Dante or move on? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not so much sold on San Francisco as I guess you are. I think they'll be okay. I'm not sure. I think Jimmy Garoppolo is a good quarterback. I'm just, it's been a while since they've had someone who was worth picking up fantasy-wise. So, I don't know. I don't- uh, what? What? Who? George Kittle, baby, 21 bucks, well spent last year. Okay, exactly. So one guy, and the guy, and who before that? Carlos Hyde. How long ago? Three years ago. Good. So two guys in the last four years. I don't know. I'm not sure he really breaks into, I guess, if you want to, well, now, with our league with four, potentially four wide receivers, he's someone who we're going to have to look at, but... I don't know if I would consider him a fringe. I guess if you're putting him at 25, he's kind of a fringe wide receiver two type area. But I think I would kind of stick him more toward a flex just to feel a little more comfortable with myself. Oh, definitely. Anything past 20 is a flex. So, you know, he he's definitely in that flex territory. I just like the fact that He runs such great routes last year. He had a little spurt of games where he went 15, 27, 12, 11. Like uh, the first game of the year with Jimmy Garoppolo, he had 13 points. He can do it. And I think with adding a competent quarterback like Jimmy Garoppolo instead of CJ Beathard. Nick Mullins. He actually only went until week eight. And then, yeah, it was Nick Mullins. So not much to work with. Actually. Fantasy wise, they produced pretty well. Bunch of twenty point games for those two, and and high teens. So, but yeah, that's something we I think we should look into. Quarterbacks are really inflated in our league, and I'm sure it's across the board because I'm it's pretty standard what we have. So I think this negative point five for a sack will kind of even things out. Yeah, I don't know know how much the sacks are really going to balance it out. I mean, Deshaun Watson's going to come down 30 total points for the year, and somebody like a Breeze or a Brady is not going to come down because they're more savvy in the pocket, and they don't run as much, so therefore they don't get sacked as much. But alas, we are on our wide receivers right now. So, Godwin, that's Pettis. How about Landry? You have Landry kind of low this year. You have him 28. And I'm curious why. I like Landry. You know this. Yes. I've picked him multiple times. Yes. To my demise. There was something off with him and whether it's Mayfield or the OC who doesn't like calling his number. I 
don't think he fits well there. He Now Beckham's going to eat up targets. So I don't think those two are going to have a problem with each other. Obviously, they're very good friends. But I just see Landry kind of slipping down the pecking order here. And unfortunately, I think this might be his worst year upcoming. So just my thoughts. That's interesting. He was ranked 19th last year. I have him basically the same. I have him 20. And I think that the addition of Beckham is going to help him because he has not had any kind of playmaker like a Beckham on his team ever. I mean, he was on the Dolphins where he was far and away the best player and the Browns where he was the best player, uh, at least in the receiving core there. So, you know, I think it's going to open up the field a little bit for him. And I think his targets obviously go down when somebody like Odell comes in. But I think that his efficiency might pick up because there's less of the focus on covering that underneath. You got to account for Odell. And so I have him ranked about the same spot as he was last year. But yeah, but something happened last year, man. He's got nine weeks of single digits and... That's not really the Jarvis I know and not really the Jarvis I want. And not even just single digits. He's got like four weeks of below five points. That hurts. Yeah, it does. Landry had six games last year where he was considered a top 25 wide receiver and then three more that he was a top 35. So that puts him in that wide receiver three territory, I think. So, you know, 28 is is not the worst ranking, and 20 might be a little high, but the fact that Odell's coming in and Chubb is established, and in week 10, you got Kareem Hunt there, and, you know, maybe Njoku takes the next step. I think that's where this kind of helps him. It it opens it up a little bit for him to be a little bit more efficient with his receptions and such. Obviously, his his targets are going to go down because there's a lot of weapons there now. And and we'll see how it all turns out, but they did like to use him in a couple different ways. I mean, he had passing touchdown, he had some carries last year, he had a rushing touchdown, so he is used in creative ways, and so I'm kind of excited to see how he can be used this year. Yeah, I, you know, just going over some stuff here on the website, He, this is where I was talking about Freddie Kitchens, who took over or whatever. He was getting 32% of targets. That's and then an insane number. And then once Kitchens came in, it it really dropped down to 21%, which again is insane number. That's, that's still insane, but you can see the, you can really see the drop off. I mean, yeah. this guy just seemed more efficient and obviously more of a target whore with the Dolphins than he did last year. And, you know, I want him to do well because I like him. I just, I'm not sure if it's, I'm not sure if this is going to be his year. All right. Fair enough. We also were slightly different on Alshon Jeffrey. You have him up at 19. I have him at 27. Wondering what had you put Jeffrey so high? I like his ability, his end zone ability. He's a big guy. So I like guys like that. I think 
we'll see a bit more production from him this year, especially with Carson Wentz back. So that's what I'm really banking on. Obviously, we don't have a clue how that's going to work out. But now that Nick Foles is gone, you know, if Carson Wentz goes down, then obviously Alshon Jeffries rank plummets. So that could be a real hit or miss with him. But I'm going to stretch for the upside on this. Okay, that's fair. I am just, you know, I think he's a pedestrian, maybe slightly above pedestrian wide receiver who, yes, is a touchdown magnet, I guess, with Carson Wentz in the game. But if Carson Wentz isn't in there, I mean, when Carson Wentz went down last year, this is his fantasy points. 5.5, 6.8, 5.3, 5.4, He had two decent weeks at 14 and 20, and then he finished it off with a 9.7. So yeah, Carson Wentz coming back probably does boost him up a little bit, and I probably wasn't taking that into account enough, because prior to Wentz going down, I mean, he was at 24, that's that's 20, comma, 4, 23, and 18. So yeah, we'll see. I mean, Wentz probably could be just the thing that Alshon needs to bounce back. Yeah, and obviously looks, if you're looking at the stats, he seems a favorite of Wentz. So we'll see. Again, it's players like this, it's not even their fault. It's just, you know, if someone goes down, (laughs) adios. And it's going to be very different this year. There's no Nick Foles to back Carson Wentz up. So if Wentz goes down, forget it. I think almost every Eagle is becomes almost obsolete. Yeah. Other than maybe Ertz and Ertz will definitely take a dip, but you know, tight end is typically ends up being better for those backup quarterbacks. They tend to rely on the tight ends a little bit because it's a nice safe pass. All right. So just quickly, 25 through 21 was Godwin, Pettis, Landry, Jeffrey, and Watkins. And I think it's safe to assume just very quickly that Watkins is only that high if Tyreek Hill is out. Yeah, this is going to be another thing where, you know, we have to monitor again, this is an early rankings thing. So we have to go with the idea that Tyreek Hill will be playing. Hopefully he won't be suspended. It would be a shame. I mean, not in a shame, in a shame, like if he did what he did, then yes, he should be suspended. Don't get me wrong. But it would be a shame if he were suspended because again, four weeks without a player who has the world all in front of him and somehow these players just seem to screw it up with silly silly decisions so yeah Watkins probably sits around the 24 spot for me if Tyreek is out for eight to ten it might bump him up two or three spots maybe four if he's lucky but if Tyreek is playing the entire season I think it bumps him down pretty significantly eight eight spots maybe nine Okay. I I like that range for him. You know, 28 to 32, 28 to 34 for him if if Hill is playing. All right. Moving on to 20 through 16. 20, Kenny Galladay. 19, Amari Cooper. 18, Cooper Cup. 17, Brandon Cooks. 16, Robert Woods. Rounding out the 20 through 16 with three LA Rams wide receivers. Our major differences here, you have Amari Cooper up at 16. I have him down at 23. You want to talk first about him? I'd honestly take him lower. 
But since I have him at 16, I, I think just looking at it, Diggs, Cup, you know, those two I, I think will outproduce him. So if you want to put him at 18 for me, that's fine. The thing you, I have to consider is that he's going to finally have a full season with Dak and he's the go-to guy there in the wide receiver court. So you have to respect that a little bit in the fact that he's going to be used a decent amount and hopefully his targets will be up and he gets in the end zone. Yeah, I think that if this was a ranking of total points at the end of the year, I could bump him up a few spots. My problem is I'm ranking them on like how much I like them for my week to week playing of wide receivers. And I do not like Amari Cooper at all because he has one third of the season where he's the top wide receiver and then the rest of it, he's crappy. I mean, last year he had two weeks where he was the number one wide receiver and that really drove his season because beyond that, his next best was seventh and then he's looking at like 19th. Like he's not consistent enough for me and that's partially why I am not a big fan of Amari Cooper and I think by the end of the year, you'll see him in the tops of the rankings, you know, top 20 of the rankings. But I think if you look at a a consistency chart, he's not going to be extremely consistent. And that's why I'm a little bit lower on him. Yeah, I I don't have a problem with putting him lower. For me, I thought, you know, when I was looking at ESPN's rankings, they had him way, way, way too high. And I dropped him pretty far based off their rankings. But even still... Like I said, I, I just looking it over again real quick, I'd probably even drop him even further. You know, Diggs, Cup above him. Probably Jeffrey I find better. Uh, where it gets to like Galladay and Godwin, that's where maybe I start drawing the line. But still, when you put those three or maybe even Lockett or whoever in that group, I, you know, if you're going for consistency, probably don't take Cooper. But if you're going for maybe a big week, you know, plug and play, then Cooper is your guy. Yeah, absolutely. If I have somebody more steady as like a, a second wide receiver, you know, if I have a, if we're assume, if, if we assume Jarvis Landry is Jarvis Landry and, you know, I have him as my second wide receiver and somebody else who's pretty, pretty solid as far as safe receptions, you know what you're getting, then maybe I want my third wide receiver to be that Amari Cooper, that boom bust to put me over the edge. And then we actually rounded out this section, like I said, with three L.A. Rams. We got Cooper Cup, Brandon Cooks, and Robert Woods up at the top there. We were actually dead on with Brandon Cooks and Cooper Cup. We both had them ranked 15th and 18th, respectively. Uh, The one we differed on a little bit was Robert Woods. I had him 17th, and you had him 12th. I guess I could go either way between Cooks and Woods, really. They could interchange for me. But the big play ability that Cooks has to his game is why I ranked him a little bit higher than Robert Woods. I'd consider Robert Woods and Cup the safer options there, and Brandon Cooks the somebody who is relatively safe but also has the biggest upside out of the three, I think. Yeah, I, I think you can't go wrong with any of them. Really, the one I, I like the most is Cup. As a personal most, not a fantasy right. most, just a personal most. Um, he's also the one who I find the most alarming because of the injuries last year. You know, he came back, he got injured again. 
it's just something to always think about that it's always in the back of your mind. You know, this could happen again. A knee can happen again. Uh, you know, it only takes one little pivot and it, and the knee is gone. So a little bit of a concern. I do happen to like woods better than either one of them on a fantasy side, but it's, it's splitting hairs, honestly. Um, you know, when it comes down to it, when you have three wide receivers from the same team in that close of a, a ranking, you're really just splitting hairs on who's going to get more targets and who's going to do the most with those targets. So, yeah. And the good, the good thing is that they they spread it around well, which is nice. Yeah. And it's pretty impressive of the L.A. Rams to have three wide receivers be considered top two worthy. And so Cooper Cup coming back probably helps Jared Goff out a bit and that will make me look like a fool for my early ranking of Jared Goff assuming I don't change that before the season and let people know that (laughs) (laughs) either way he's not going to be better than Josh Allen because then I wouldn't get a shake at the end of the year he's not oh my god (laughs) all right Josh Allen's gonna be cheeks bro okay (laughs) all right moving on to 15 through 11 Our 15 through 11 starts off with Julian Edelman at 15. We have Tyree Kill at 14. We have AJ Green at 13, Stefan Diggs at 12, and Adam Thielen at 11. Obviously, the big name here to talk about is Tyree Kill, and he is clearly only going to be anywhere near the top 25, assuming he does not have a significant suspension. And so. I'm looking at it without a suspension. I ranked him still lower than most people because I'm not a huge fan of how boom bust he is. And I ranked him seventh overall. You had him 22nd. I'm assuming that's because you're assuming that there's a suspension at hand. Yes. If he's if he's not suspended, he's immediately in the top 10 for me. He, he might even break top five for me. Yeah. I'd have to really sit down and look at it. But... I don't think that that's crazy to say. I mean, he he did finish last year as the number one wide receiver. Yeah. Yeah, I just, again, they're not going to replicate those numbers, so he's going to drop a little bit. I don't think he's as good as, you know, I don't want to give anything away, but in my, there's two wide receivers that are definitely better than him, and that's Hopkins and Adams. And there, if you want to put him in front of, you know, three, four, five, it's your choice, but he should, he, we're going to see a dip from him, even if he's not suspended, but then it becomes a problem of, you know, do I want to have the risk of taking this guy and not having him able to play? All right. So that's the Tyree kill conundrum. I'm sure you'll face it. I'm sure people will face it in your league. You'll see how it turns out. AJ Green was our 13th. We were both ranking him at 14. And next two, similar to the last grouping, are both from the same team. Stefan Diggs and Adam Thielen. You are higher on Adam Thielen. I am higher on Stefan Diggs. Tell me why Thielen's the better choice. I mean, this guy put up double digits every week except for two. And yes, there was a little bit of a drop-off, but... I think I don't know if he'll replicate what he did last year, but I like how consistent this guy is. And that goes a long way for me. 
which is part of the reason why I loved Jarvis Landry a couple of years ago, and now I'm kind of disappointed. But I hope he, I hope he doesn't drop off. I just prefer Thielen. I, I like him a little better than Diggs. I like them both. I will take either one of them if the opportunity grants itself. Shit, I'd take both of them. I don't like taking players on the same team, so I probably wouldn't. Right. So my argument for Diggs over Thielen is I, I agree that Thielen's the much more consistent option, but I think that Stefan Diggs is consistent enough and gets big points more often. And I think that Dalvin Cook being back is going to help that because when you saw Dalvin Cook come back, that's when it sort of shifted from Thielen to Diggs more. And, you know, that's kind of what I'm banking on as far as this season goes. I think even still when Dalvin Cook was back, there was... I mean, Thielen dropped off a bit, but he wasn't anywhere, you know, at a point where it was like, for me, where I was like, oh, I'd, I'd still prefer Diggs. But again, what, what we're splitting hairs that we don't have anymore. I mean, honestly, are you really going to be mad if you get either one? I think you've got two very consistent wide receivers. Diggs probably has the better breakout uh, every game, which you tend to lean toward. You, you, te- I feel like you tend to lean toward those boomer bus guys. And, uh, and I think Diggs suits that better than, um, Thielen does. So after Cooks came back, Thielen, that's when he had two of his single digit games, or his only two single digit games. That's when he had all but two, I think, were below 13 points. Whereas Stefan Diggs had four above 13 points. So. Yeah, and that, I mean, Thielen was on that touchdown, you know, thing going on and stuff like that. 100 so, yard game, yeah. Yeah, I think people were really targeting him. So that had something to do with it. I don't think that's going to happen again, but I, I, I'm still, you know, that's the beauty of fantasy football. Hopefully, if we draft and you're before me or I'm before you, we won't have to run into the problem of trying to figure out who's taking Diggs and Thielen because <laughs> I think we figured it out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's not something that's going to change terribly barring injury when they're on the same team. You know, we, we know each other's preferences at that point. Yeah. All right. And that breaks us into the top 10. And I'm surprised. Woo-hoo! I'm surprised because... The first name, number 10, Antonio Brown. Then we got nine, T.Y. Hilton, eight, Keenan Allen, seven, Mike Evans, six, Juju Smith-Schuster. And I am very surprised that you have Antonio Brown as high as you do because a couple podcasts ago, you said he might not even be a wide receiver three. I don't like that guy. I know, but you still had him 11. To be fair... I just Derek Carr is not good. And the only thing that's going to save Antonio Brown now is not big plays, it's just sheer volume. Okay. That's and that's it. I mean, honestly, I don't see he's not even going to come close to doing what he did with Pittsburgh. I don't think anybody's going to argue that. He's been a top 3, 5 wide receiver the past 3 years. Um it's just not going to happen, and it's not anything to do with his skill set. It's just Pittsburgh 
and Big Ben versus the Raiders and Derek, I wear guy liner car. And if he doesn't wear guy liner, he looks like he does. <laughs> Everyone seems to be still all over Antonio Brown and uh, I'm just not going to be that guy. I'm not wasting a I'm not wasting probably a first or second round pick on him. Maybe even not even a third. I don't know. Okay. He won't he won't drop that far anyway because someone will take him based off of history and what he's done. But those are the people that don't take into consideration, you know, they just see a name. Oh, Antonio Brown. Boop. Plug him in. And you're going to be very disappointed. Yeah, I am going to be a little bit more hesitant. Not that I would take him anyway in the first two rounds because he doesn't play running back to my knowledge. But that's true. He, I see a drop off from, you know, top three wide receiver to eight, nine, or 10, but I think he's still going to be worthy of somebody's number one spot. Who do you have in front of him? Or who's your eight, nine, and 10? Where do you have him ranked? Nine. Who's your 10, 11, and 12? 10, Stefan. 11, Keenan Allen. And 12, oh, T.Y. Hilton. Wow. You think, you don't think T.Y. Hilton's going to outproduce Antonio Brown? No. Okay. All right. That's actually next on our list, and he actually is significantly different for us. You have him seven. I have him 12. So reasons why I don't think T.Y. Hilton's going to be a top 10 wide receiver are kind of opposite of what you said. You you were thinking that I'm more of a boom-bust guy, but I don't go too far. I will never own a Tyreek Hill. I will never own a T.Y. Hilton because they're too boom-bust for me. Stefan Diggs is just the right amount enough of boom bust versus Adam Thielen for me. I think he's consistent enough. He'll do well, but he's got a little bit more upside than Adam Thielen does. So that's why I would own a Diggs over a Thielen, but I'm never going to own a T.Y. Hilton or Tyreek Hill over uh, an Adam Thielen, you know, unless they drop significantly far in the draft. Oh, man, I think you got a bad read on T.Y., but that's fine. He consistently had double digits in every game except for four. And in those games where he did have double digits, he only scored touchdowns in four of them. So that's pretty freaking impressive for someone who's not getting in the end zone. All he has to do is just start getting in the end zone and wide receiver one, here we come. He had four weeks where he was in the top 11 of wide receivers and four weeks as top 30, which is startable, but it's not, I just don't, I don't love that inconsistent. I don't love the wavering of one week on wide receiver two, one week on wide receiver 29. Like there was a, a lot more 29s on, he's got two 29s and he's got two top four performances. So that's both ends of the spectrum. And I don't love that. I'd rather take Antonio Brown, who's going to be maybe more in the middle there every week. All right. Well, you can have him. So that's our 10 through 6. Keenan Allen, we're both relatively high on 11 and 8. Mike Evans, 8 and 9. And then we both have Juju Smith-Schuster at 6. I was uncomfortable putting Juju Smith-Schuster at 6, but I just didn't know who to put above him. I wasn't. I think 6 is the right spot. He's going he's gonna to get tons. He's the number one now there. He doesn't have Antonio Brown taking any of the coverage off him. So I'm wondering if he can hold up that number one coverage that he's going to receive. It'll be fine. 
We'll see. All right. Next is our top five. We got number five, Odell Beckham. And I'm assuming that's who you were going to say you wanted to put Juju over. Yeah, I was thinking it because I just don't know. I like Baker Mayfield. I just I don't know yet. Yeah, definitely. Michael Thomas at number four. Julio Jones at number three, Devontae Adams at number two, and DeAndre Hopkins at number one. And that really, I guess we have three differences, but you have Devontae Adams number one overall. Tell me about that. For me, it's just he's the only really standout target there. Sure, you have Geronimo Allison and whatever that Scantling, Scantron, whatever the frick his name is which gives, for me, a slight edge over Hopkins. But, I mean, I'm not going to pass up Hopkins if he's there. You might have just appealed to my teacher friends with that Scantron quote. That's nice. Cool. Maybe it'll give us a few more followers. (laughs) (laughs) You can't go wrong with either one. The the reason I give a slight, and I'm saying a very, you know, like a frog's hair, slight edge over Hopkins is because Hopkins is going to be fighting with Cutie and Fuller. If they're yep. healthy, and even still, even when he's in, when he's fighting for targets with those guys, he's still going to put up monster numbers, so it doesn't matter. Whereas Devontae Adams, you know, I, f- I feel like Fuller and Cutie are more fantasy known names than Geronimo Allison and Scantron, Scantling, Scatback, <laughs> whatever the heck it is. So that's why I just give him a slight edge. But honestly, it's for me, it's more... 1A, 1B, then it is 1-2. Okay. Hopkins, just I, I can't go against him until he shows me that he's not worth it. That's why I have him up top. You're, again, splitting the hairs we don't have anymore. Devontae Adams, I have him at three. I do have Julio above him because he just started scoring touchdowns again. And I'm digging that. I love me some Michael Thomas. Odell, you know, I put him there based on pure potential and and talent that he has but it is an alarming I, I i don't see myself drafting odell another alarming thing with him is the injuries yeah i don't think he's played a full season right in what three years four years in five years of playing he's only played one full season Jeez. so that's something to consider that's another reason why i tossed back and forth ranking smith schuster above beckham but Again, the talent is probably better with Beckham. The upside is pro- probably a little higher, whereas Smith-Schuster is most likely going to be more consistent mm-hmm. and less injury-prone. Again, the consistency also comes from he has Ben Roethlisberger throwing to him where Odell has Baker Mayfield, and that's no slight against Baker Mayfield. We just don't know what he's made of. Right. No love for Julio? I like Julio. Or are you just bored with him? Yeah, I feel like he's just been around forever, and I'm just like, okay, dude, we get it. But it makes me nervous. That Atlanta Falcons offense is not good. No? Was it really that impressive to you last year? I'm not talking about a fantasy point. I'm just saying in general, the the Atlanta Falcons offense. Enough. I got the job done. I mean, they... They had their entire defense out last year for a good portion of the season, so I'm not worried too worried about them. Listen, I gave him enough love. I put him at three. He's not better than Adams or Hopkins, so okay. I, I honestly think I I would feel comfortable moving him to four and moving Michael Thomas up. That's how close I think they are. Okay, 
Does any of that have to do with our 26th ranked wide receiver, Calvin Ridley? Do you- no, and I'm kind of I'm kind of sick of seeing Mohamed Sanu, too. He can go. <laughs> I think we're all kind of sick of that guy. It's like, hey, I show up for like three weeks, and uh, I'm really good. And Mohamed then someone- Sanu is the greatest wide receiver ever. Yeah. He went and to Rutgers he- while I was there. <laughs> and he like shows up for like three weeks, someone picks him up, and then he shits the bed for the rest of the season. All right. Right? Um- yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, he's a he's a plug-in bi-week guy occasionally, but nothing more than that. Maybe it's just because we're doing these early, you know, ones, and we've never done this before, but there's a lot of question marks for oh. almost every position. Oh, yeah. 100%. That's just, that's what it is this time of year. But usually it's, I feel like it's a little more solidified. Like, quarterbacks, there wasn't that many questions. It was just like, hey... This is what we have, and and you know it's that's what you get. Yeah, I mean, other than in wide receiver, other than you know Tyree Kill's suspension, I don't think there's too much. I mean, we had. I mean, I'm talking about like you know Beckham. You know he can be yeah. good, but what are you going to get? You know Antonio Brown is good, but what are you really going to get? Uh, I mean, there's three huge names right there. That were that are usually consistently top five players. Um, Beyond that, there's no real team changes, and I think that's what the common denominator is: team changes slash suspensions are what throw those question marks out there. And and all these major names don't have many team changes, and so beyond Antonio and Odell, I think you know what you're going to get from pretty much everybody out there. You hope. What I think there is, is there's definitely in the last two, maybe three years, but definitely including this year, like, there's a definite shift in the core age. Like, the, the, there's, the next generation is definitely, you know, knocking on the door here. And players like Julio Jones, um, Antonio Brown, these guys are, you know, and at the tail end of their prime and eventually making their way out. And you got the new young guys coming in. And I think that's happening at all the positions, really. And the other thing that concerns me is, you know, I feel like generally Pittsburgh is a pretty good or pretty well-run organization. Yes. And they see, obviously, Brown was making some, causing some issues and they probably had had enough after the Le'Veon Bell issues. But for some reason they seem to notice when things start going South and it's not, you know, to my surprise, you know, Antonio Brown's a bit older than probably most of us think. And 31. Yeah. And I mean, older than Julio. Think about that. And maybe it was just time. They know. They know when to get rid of people. They're a smart organization. So, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, there are two wide receivers we should make our bet about. Who is it? Thielen and Diggs. Oh, that's a cool one. Yeah, all right. Let's do that. All right. So, we'll make a bet. I'm going to say Diggs finishes better than Thielen, and you say the opposite. And we need to add to this meal, I think, that we have. We have a pizza and a shake. All right, let's do a salad. Salad and pizza is nice. Okay. You know, for the vegans out there that are listening to us that never play uh, fantasy no, football. No, my, my salad's <laughs> going to have chicken in it. 
<laughs> Whoa! Whoa! I'm getting a chicken oh, Caesar man. salad if I have to get a salad. <laughs> All right, uh, that's fair. All right, <laughs> and what kind of salad are you getting? Uh, I would say just a normal house salad. Okay. I think with, okay. with balsamic dressing. I might just add chicken just to add chicken because why not? All right. So there's our top 25 wide receivers. That's our bet. We've got three bets going on. You can go over to com to check out our bets. Check out our league a little bit if you're not in it. And meet the managers. You can see our constitution. You can see anything you want regarding our league on that website. And if you're out there... And whoever listens to this podcast first, all the way straight through its entirety to this point, boom, and emails, emails, DoverFantasyFootball at gmail.com. We will give you a $5 gift card to Dunkin' Donuts. Whoa, whoa, whoa. They got to earn this now, Aaron. They're not just emailing us. You guys have to email us. The three bets that Aaron and I made, one about our quarterbacks, one about our running backs, and one about the wide receivers, email us at the email we just mentioned, DoverFantasyFootball at gmail.com, and you will get a Dunkin' Donuts gift card. Boom! Courtesy of your two beautiful-looking hosts. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week for a surprise guest. Oh, that's a surprise for me, too. Fantastic. If I had to guess by that smirk, it looks like it could be... I'm not going to give it away. All right. Adios, everybody. Do it for the Dunkin' Donuts. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the DFFL Podcast. For more information on the DFFL, head on over to doverffl.weebly.com.